of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Don't forget, coming up Sunday, 1 o'clock, right here on WHBC, we've got the Browns and the Bengals, the Battle of Ohio, Part 2, and it's Deshaun Watson against Joe Burrow, and the Browns, for whatever reason, own the Cincinnati Bengals. They've won five straight with three different quarterbacks. Case Keenum's beaten the Bengals. Jacoby Brissett's beaten the Bengals. Baker Mayfield's beaten the Bengals. And the Browns have won eight of their last nine against the Bengals. And we're going to talk all about that and more right now by going to the hotline and bring in the outstanding Browns beat reporter at brownzone.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott Petrak. He is Scotty Petrak. Scotty, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? Hey, we're great, man. We're going to get to the Browns and the Bengals in a second here, Scotty. But I want to go back to last week and Deshaun Watson's performance uh, against the worst team in football, the Houston Texans. I want to get your thoughts on the way he performed uh, in that game, and then we'll fast forward to what happened last night with Baker Mayfield in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, with Watson, I would go surprisingly bad, Kenny. I knew there would be rust, right? We all knew it, 700 days between regular season games. But because they were playing the Texans, because I'd watched him a little practice whenever we're allowed, and I liked how the ball was coming out of his hand, and you talk to his teammates and coaches and people around the team, they all had relatively high expectations, right? You knew, okay, yep. there's going to be some issues, but he's going to play well. Then he just didn't play well at all. All right, so last night we watched Baker Mayfield. In two days... He, you know, picks up the offense, comes in off the bench, and, yeah, he didn't play great for the first three quarters, right? But then in the fourth quarter leads, uh, you know, two drives, 98-yard game-winning drive last night. So here's my question to you. What was the tougher situation for the quarterback to be in? Deshaun Watson making his debut with the Browns after, you know, being out 700 days, but he had a week of practice with the first team. He had the playbook the entire time he was out. He was able to study, stay in shape. Or was it tougher if you're Baker Mayfield getting cut on Monday, picked up by the Rams on Tuesday, a walkthrough on Wednesday, and you play and win the game on Thursday? Whose situation was tougher? Man, that's a good question. Um, you know, if you look at the results, then you just say Deshaun Watson, right? Because he played so poorly, and you can point to the 700 days. You can point to the off-the-field stuff, the return to Houston. There's a lot going on with Watson's, you know, return to face the Texans. But, you know, you make great points about Baker. There's a lot going on with Baker Mayfield um, and having to show up and do what he did. So, it's tough. I'm going to lean toward Watson just because 700 days is so long, and Baker had played um, this season, and he didn't play great until the end, and the Raiders helped him out. Um, but it's not a slam dunk. I think it, I think it's a I think it's a really good question, Scotty. As I look at Deshaun Watson from last week. Was it, and I don't know, and you guys talked to him and you talked to the coaches and that, was it his fundamentals? 
What yeah. is it? Was it his nerves? Was it the rust? Was it all of the above? Because in listening like you, in listening to the players and reading the transcripts from the coaches, and this is why I brought it up, you know, who had the tougher situation, sure. they were expecting Deshaun Watson to come in against that crappy Texans team and, okay, maybe not like, you know, nothing, uh, you didn't skip a beat, but still perform, throw touchdowns, run one at whatever, and lead them to victory. And it was the special teams and defense that led them to victory. So what stood out the most as to why he struggled last week? Yeah, I do think it's a combination, Kenny. What surprised me the most was the inaccuracy. I mean, this is a guy that for for any quarterback in the history of the league who's thrown at least 1,500 passes, he was number one with the completion percentage of like 67.8. And now he's tied with Drew Brees for all-time the lead. So you don't expect him to be bouncing balls. right? And he bounced several at the feet or short of the feet of his receivers. So that surprised me the most. Um, I, I think we took for granted anyone who thought that he would be okay probably took for granted how tough it is to play in that position in this league when you've had that kind of an absence. Absence just because everything moves so fast. And I felt like every part of Watson's game felt a beat slow to me, whether he's reading the defense, reacting to the pass rush, picking up his receivers. All of that, I think, can speak to it. Um, so, yeah, it was fundamentals in the way he threw the ball, and then it was the lack of activity that really, I think, manifested itself in all the issues that he had and the fact that he you know, only threw for, what, 130 yards. Scotty, I think one of the worst things that come out of that game last week is the loss of Taki Taki, a linebacker. Who are the starting linebackers on this team right now? And, and for that matter, do we have anyone good enough to be a backup? <laughs> well, it's JOK. Um, you know, it's just one of your starters. They'll probably be on the field every snap. Mm-hmm. Tony Fields will play. You know, he's starting at, obviously, that great game against Texans with some big splash plays. He'll be out there probably more than he has been. He's only been playing in the base. Uh, he'll probably be out there in some of the sub packages. And then Deion Jones, you know, they made that trade. Um, it was like October, right, when they were struggling to stop the run. He came in, he started a game or two, and then was replaced by Taki Taki. Obviously, that's not a great sign that he was benched for Taki Taki, but there are some extenuating circumstances. He joined the Browns late. He had been on IR for the first however many weeks with the Falcons. He has experience in this league, has experience at middle linebacker, went to the Pro Bowl once. So he will step in. Him and Jordan Karnasic will take both his time at middle linebacker and then be joined by um, JOK and Tony Fields II. Scotty, when we keep it things with the defense here for a second, uh, the first time we faced the Bengals, no Jamar Chase. But I don't remember whether or not our secondary was healthy. This secondary this week is all intact, correct? It is, and it was not. On that Halloween game, Denzel Ward was out. Okay. So Ward was out, Chase was out, so it kind of offset each other there, right? Those, you know, yeah. Each team missing a, a key starter. But Jamar Chase, obviously, uh, is the key to that offense. I know Joe Mixon's supposed to play right, but Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, is that as those two go, so go the Bengals' offense? Yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say that. He's obviously Burrow's number one target, has been since the days at LSU. And if you look back, you know, he played in that game last year in Cincinnati, right, where the Browns came out and Denzel Ward had that big pick six early in the game, the 99-yarder. Chase had probably his worst game of his NFL career, one of the worst games. He had drops. He had a fumble. He just wasn't himself. 
And I think that was the main reason the Bengals struggled because you, know, you can look at Joe Burrow and yeah, he threw a pick or he threw a couple picks. To me, he always plays well. I don't care what the Bengals are doing. He's just really reliable and consistent. But it went, but they go as to Mark Chase because I think that's a fair statement. And when we look at, okay, what's going to be the difference between Halloween to this game, it starts with Jamar Chase, there's no doubt about it. All right. Why do the Browns own the Bengals? And they don't own many teams, Scotty Petrak. You know that from covering this team, okay? They've won five in a row with three different quarterbacks. As I mentioned, Jacoby beat them earlier, Baker beat them, and uh, Case Keenum beat them, right? Five in a row. And eight of the last nine, they've beaten the Bengals. Why do they own the Bengals? Yeah, it's really interesting, Kenny. And I think the reason they've had success, I'm, I stopped short of owned, me personally. The reason they've had success is I think they match up well. And it comes down to they have guys in the secondary that at least can compete, snap in and snap out, man-to-man coverage or zone with the Bengals' trio of receivers, Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. And the Browns have that with Ward, Newsom, and Martin Emerson, Jr., and then you have Miles Garrett up front, who's had a lot of success against the Bengals. And they haven't had, um, they haven't been able to block him. And he's been able to get to Joe Burrow. He got the tip in that Halloween game that led to an early interception. So it's the back end and it's Miles Garrett, which gives the Browns a chance to compete against a really good Bengals team and a really good quarterback in Joe Burrow. The only reason I'm reluctant to say owned is because it feels so young in Joe Burrow's career. And I have a hard time envisioning a scenario where it doesn't flip. I'm not saying the Bengals own the Browns, but where it's not competitive and some days Burrow gets the best year, some days he doesn't. And, you know, he could have had that win as a rookie, but Baker made that great late drive and threw the ball to, uh, you know, DPJ for that win. Scotty, last week when the Bengals beat Kansas City, it kind of shook up the power rankings. We throw Buffalo into the mix there somewhere. Uh, where do you rank the top three teams in the AFC, being Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo? Man, that's a good one. Um, I'm really partial to Patrick Mahomes, but the Bills feel more well-rounded to me, especially defensively, although Von Miller, the Von Miller injury is big for them. So, I, I, you know what, I'm going to go Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Okay. So Cincinnati is 8-4, and four. Baltimore is 8-4. and four. They're both battling for the top spot in the division, all right? You like them uh, up there as uh, a possible repeat candidate to get back to the Super Bowl or at least the AFC Championship this year, Scotty? I do. You know, I mean, everybody's got weaknesses, right? When you look at right. Cincinnati's, it starts at the O-line, although the O-line's been better since that first Browns matchup. I think they've given up four sacks in the last four games. And, you know, so if they can protect Burrow better than – I'm mean, they went to the Super Bowl last year and they, their offensive line was worse. So – I don't think that's going to be the determining factor. Um, I, I have questions about their corners. They got a rookie and Eli Apple because they had a big injury there. Um, so, you know, that could be their Achilles heel. But I really do like a lot about their team there. You know, they throw it a ton, but they can run it. And now they have two threats because Piron has been great the last couple of weeks. I just think they're really good, and I think Joe Burrow is outstanding. Scotty, the last time they played, was their O-line healthy? So is this the same O-line that they're they're going up against uh, on Sunday that they went up against on Halloween night? Yeah, I think it is, Kenny. I, I remember looking at the, uh, the, the lineups to see, you know, who started every game, and I think they've had all five linemen start every game this year. 
All right, is that still a weakness of that team, though, even though they spent money on it, even though it's upgraded? is that See, that's where I worry about them with Burrow, right? Because I I look at his numbers against the Browns, Scotty, and he's averaging about 300 yards passing in in four starts against the Browns, okay? But he's also thrown four interceptions in four games against the Browns, and I think a lot of that's because of, of the pressure that he is put under at times because of the offensive line. So is even though it's better, is that still a weakness and something that Clowney and uh, uh, Miles Garrett can exploit this weekend? I think that's fair. I don't think it's as big a weakness as it was last year or even probably on Halloween. Um, okay. But I think if the Browns are going to win this game, Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney are going to have that big game. So at least one of them. right? I think Miles is going to have to have another big game. I don't think you beat this team without forcing Joe Burrow into lost play, negative plays, right sacks, or forcing them into turnovers, like you mentioned. Um, but, but I think the, I do think the Bengals line has improved. Now it's interesting. We talked to Chris Kiffin, the D line coach today, and he said the Bengals tend to double team miles less than most teams. And maybe that's why miles has had so much success, right? Because he's so good and most teams devote so many bodies to him that if you don't, you pay the price. Now I think it's tough the way the Bengals run their offense three wide and they like to spread everything out. It's harder to double that, you know, double miles Garrett that way. Not that you can't, but I think it, kind of defeats what they do a little bit, the Bengals schematically. So maybe he will, and I think Miles thinks he will, have some opportunities to get after Burrow to have that impact on the game like you talked about. Scotty, we didn't get to really learn a lot about this team last week. The only thing we learned about the Browns was Deshaun Watson looked really rusty. So that being said, we expect them to maybe shake off some of that rust. But how will Stefanski and Watson attack this team do you look for more rpo will we roll them out i I mean i just i still don't know what to think yeah it's i mean it's early right we we saw some of all that we saw some design quarterback runs we saw the rpos you saw some of that you know the mesh concept where they pick a ball in Chuck's stomach and then if he sees the end collapse watson keeps it and goes around the end right we saw glimpses of that Mm -hmm. and i think you'll see more of it now obviously the big issue is the Browns need to win this game So, you know, for their playoff lives to stay alive. So, you know, just how much can you put on his plate? How exotic do you get when you you know need to be successful, but maybe you need all this stuff for Watson to be at his best? And I I think one of the levels you can do it is by asking him to run more. Say, hey, we'll take it off your plate. You don't have to read the defense as much. You don't have to have great chemistry with Amari Cooper because we're going to figure out a way to utilize you in the run game whether that's draws or outside or all of that, right? The outfields, all that stuff that really brings in his brings his legs into play. To me, that's one way to kind of bridge this gap until he's back comfortable um, in the pocket and throwing the ball, you know, like he was when he last played in 2020. Were there any, I, I don't want to say injury, not on the injury report, but did you guys get a chance? Now, we didn't hear all of the uh, post game, and we haven't heard Deshaun Watson speak about how he actually felt this week. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be, you know, you're sore after game speed. You're, you know, a game situation is a lot different than practice. Is there any news on his health? He, no, he said he's fine. He said he got the same treatment like you always do. You know, first game back, taking the hits. He did say that he, he didn't say he felt winded. But mm-hmm. in practice this week, you could see him sprinting between drills. And he said you have to get used to that. You have to get used to in a game scrambling. Then you got to get back in the huddle, call a play, and either run again or throw the ball on the next snap, and he feels like that's got to come back to him. And he, you know, he's not worried that it will, or even this week. But that was something he was thinking about in practice 
getting in more uh, wind sprints. Is that to say that he was not in game shape uh, last Saturday? No, I think Sunday? it's just, no, I mean, I think okay. it's the first time you're playing seven and eight, okay. you feel it, right? You maybe get back to the huddle and you're breathing heavier than you thought you'd be Got breathing. It. I mean, I don't doubt that he worked out a ton. It's different. I think mean, it's different practice than, than playing in a game. It just is. We're talking with Scotty Petrak, outstanding Browns beat reporter, brownzone.com. Check it out every day with up-to-the-minute stories on your Cleveland Browns. Follow him on Twitter, at Scott Petrak. Scotty, a couple more things on Deshaun Watson. Is this week's game one where there are no excuses? That he played last week, the the rust is off, right? There are no mulligans. Okay, we'll give him next week. And Is this now, are we judging him uh, as the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns uh, and nothing else? I don't think so, Kenny. I, I think there still is kind of like a learning curve. Um, maybe that might not be the best phrase, but I think there's still growing pains to be expected. And I think the Browns have been kind of couching how much improvement can be expected from start one to start two. Yes, there will be some. Depends on who you talk to. They think it can be, you know, big enough or big in general, or no, it's going to be gradual, and you're going to have to figure out ways to win without him playing at the same Pro Bowl level. So I don't go into this game expecting it to be night and day. I expecting I go in expecting it to be better, but you know, I, I don't think he's going to be able to match Joe Burrow, and and that's an issue. Yeah, because that's why they brought him in here, right? And I know it's only a second game, but $230 million for this guy, guaranteed. Baker got 1.3 from the Rams, and he led them, uh, you know, on a 98-yard game-winning touchdown after, uh, you know, having the playbook for 48 hours. And now Deshaun Watson's had first-team reps for two consecutive weeks, played in a game, had the playbook all season long, right? That's why I, I look at it, I'm a little different. Um, uh, you know, I went back and looked. Andrew Luck missed an entire year with a shoulder injury. Now, granted, he had preseason games in that, but his first game back, he threw for 300 yards. So I'm just curious, you know, uh, the, the way everybody's viewing Deshaun Watson and when do we say, okay, that's it, that, you know, we're not going to give him any more excuses. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think those are fair points, Kenny. I do. And, I, you know, you're allowed to, or people are allowed to view it any way they want, right? You can have extremely high expectations for him right now. I just don't think that's where the organization is. I think the organization's not going to start. And the fact is, they got him for four more years, so they're not going to turn on Deshaun Watson at any time. Um, okay. But I, I don't think they're going to start grading him harshly until next year. I feel like this is a six-game ramp-up period. Now, if he plays great this week or next week, then maybe you think, okay, he's back to normal and you can start looking at each game individually. But like, if he struggles throughout the rest of the year or points throughout the rest of the year, I think the Browns would say that there's a lot of reasons for that, and let's wait until next year to look at him. Scotty, isn't this whole season, when you think about this, now I know it's week 14, but it isn't for Deshaun Watson. Isn't this a lesson for Kevin Stefanski in we have to take advantage of the preseason? No. And the, I mean, the only reason I say it is because it's not the same. Like, preseason and regular season isn't the same. I get it. I get there's some game reps there. I understand what you're saying. Um, But I don't think that changes the philosophy. Let's not get a guy killed in the preseason so he's a little sharper week one. I I don't think that is the reason. I think he hasn't played in a regular season game for 700 days. The reason? That's the reason. I'm sorry. And And I think the other, I think you do think it's interesting. You said it's week one for him, it's week 14 for everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's the big difference, right? Everybody else, if for, let's say that Andrew Luck example, everybody else is at week one. He's at week one, and everybody on defense is like at week 14. Right. 
And, and that's a tougher battle for Deshaun Watson. The reason I bring that up and the reason I, 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 I always go back to when the Philadelphia Eagles were in town and during the practice sessions, they didn't think that there was a big gap in between the two teams. Well, we look now at week 14, whatever it is, Philadelphia Eagles, arguably the best team in the league, and we thought we were right there with them, didn't we? I mean, probably, but not. I mean, they have their their quarterbacks playing at MVP level, and Jacoby Brissett exceeded expectations, but he's not an MVP quarterback. Okay. And the Browns are disappointed. I mean, that's the point. It's not. All right. it's, I mean, the Browns have been a disappointment. I don't think that's got anything to do with how much they played in the preseason. I think the defense, they had secondary breakdowns early that were crucial and costly, and then they couldn't stop the run for about three weeks, and all that led to way too many losses than they should have had. All right, let's get to the injury updates uh, for the Cleveland Browns, Scotty Petrack, as they head into the jungle in Cincinnati, 1 o'clock right here Sunday on WHBC. Uh, what do we know about Amari Cooper? What do we know about David Njoku and anybody else? Njoku's fine, looks good, look good practicing, look good running around the locker room. Um, he's good to go. David Bell's going to play. He was limited and had that thumb injury, bruised thumb that knocked him out early against Houston. Amari Cooper's the one guy to keep an eye on. He had Wednesday off, like he always does as a rest day, hurt his hip Thursday and was limited and didn't practice today, just watched from the sideline. He was walking through the locker room real quick, grabbed his bag and was leaving. I said, hey, I said something like, you know, do you think, you, you think you'll be good to go? And he said, I should be. So I said, do you think you'll be able to play, I think? And he said, should be, and just kept walking. So I think there's a sense of, sense of optimism that he will be able to go, and obviously that's crucial. He's by far the number one receiver. Um, yeah. But it's not 100% certainty. Kevin Stefanski was kind of saying, we'll see how the next couple of days go. Scotty, the Browns return to punt for the first time in 121 games with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Browns turn around and sign Jalen Darden. Is he going to be the punt returner Sunday? I don't think so. I mean, Mike Prefer got asked that question, the special teams coordinator, and he said this does not affect Donovan's role. You know, the Browns claim guys off waivers because they think they add depth at the bottom of the roster. He's an, he's a candidate to return punts, meaning I mean, Peoples Jones is playing a bunch at receiver, right? Maybe you don't want him out there every punt return. Um, you know, even though he's had a couple good weeks in a row and has a touchdown, like you mentioned. So this guy gives them, Darden gives them a plan B. He gives you another receiver when you put Anthony Schwartz on IR with a concussion. So I think it's more about that than all of a sudden he's going to replace the guy that just returned a punt for a touchdown. All right, Scott, I'm going to give you this quote from uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, when you guys talked to him, uh, when you asked him uh, if he expects to be better Sunday against the Bengals, yeah. I don't know when it's going to come back. I don't know if it was going to be last week, this week. My job is just to keep getting better, and when it clicks, it clicks, and everyone will feel that. Um, translate for me? <laughs> I thought that was the strongest quote. I, I think that's yeah. the first one I used in my story. I think it means, hey, there's, it might take a while, but look out, because when it happens, everybody's going to know, and it's going to be know that he's back to being the Deshaun Watson that the Browns thought was worth all the draft picks, all the money, and all the headache. All right, we've got 30 seconds. I hear the music. Give me your pick for this Sunday's game, Scotty Petrak. I, I think Joe Burrow finally gets one. I, I just I, I know everything we talked about. I know the Browns' success against him, and I understand why they've had it. I think he's too good to beat that many times in a row. I think Bengals win 27-20. Scotty, we always appreciate the insight. Great stuff. Keep up the fantastic work. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.